Food Ingredients Europe took place in Paris last week and our reporters were out in force on the show floor. So with visitors coming from 119 countries and with over 1,400 exhibitors, what caught our eyes? Oliver Nyberg is the editor of Confectionery News. Oliver, what were the highlights for you? Well, AAK took home uh, the award for most innovative uh, ingredient in confectionery for Tropical. It's a cocoa butter improver that gives chocolate a higher melting temperature, which could potentially be key in uh, emerging markets with, with warmer climates. Uh, but for me, uh, a highlight came from Roquette. Um, it's created a starch-based ingredient that can replace gelatine in chewy candies. Um, they say it matches the functionality of gelatine. I tried some, and it, it comes it comes pretty damn close. Um, but perhaps more compelling is its other uses. Um, it, it can be used to create a new kind of chewing gum somewhere halfway between a, a chewy candy and, and regular gum. But it doesn't require the expensive lamination equipment that's used for, for regular gum. It's produced uh, in, instead on, um, on regular uh, chewy candy lines. So it could give sugar confectioners a, a route into chewing gum, uh, which could be pretty big news uh, in a category that's been you know dominated by two players and been declining over the past you know couple of years. Neve Michael, a reporter for Food Navigator, were there any important trends you noticed at the show this year? For me sustainability was really in focus at FIE this year. Maybe it was because the show was happening at the same time as the COP21 conference in Paris. Uh, but I spoke to Andres Holberg, the CEO of Jellymar, a Chilean company which manufactures hydrocolloids from seaweed. And he explained to me that seaweed really has the potential to be uh, a sustainable ingredient in lots of different ways. It's currently grown without using pesticides, fertilizers or producing any CO2 emissions. But a big problem is at the minute a massive 80% of the raw material goes to waste. So Gelimar has teamed up with a French company, Eviogenics, and they're working on ways to, to use that 80% for the food and nutrition industries. Uh, I spoke to CEO of Eviogenics, Fabrice Bowen, and he said that news of these developments for the 80% would be on the horizon in 2016. Now, alongside all the action on the show floor, there was also a conference programme running throughout the three days. Joe Whitworth, who is the editor of Food Quality News, was chairing a module on food safety. Joe, what can you tell us about that? The new buzzword will be transparency. And it was emphasised in a presentation by Richard Warren that companies need to go beyond traceability that they are doing now. In the second presentation, Paul Burrington of FERA gave a talk on food adulteration and protecting brand reputation. He said food fraud has always happened, but we are more sensitised to it now. And he also spoke about the growing role of citizen science, which we will hear more about next year. This was followed by a roundtable discussion with Simon Flanagan, Peter Waring and Richard Wern, again himself, where we spoke about food allergens and the role of trying to prevent them and also prevent recalls. Food safety was also present on the trade show floor, with Camden, BRI, Intertech, Novalese, Buki and Napasol all present. Shane Starling is the senior mm. editor of Nutri-Ingredients. Shane, what struck you at the show this year? Well, at the healthier end of the spectrum, one thing that struck me was the idea that the golden age of nutrition is over. Um, 20 years ago you might have seen a lot of ingredients you'd never seen before backed by varying levels of science and I think this year there was very little of that and so what you're seeing is a shift from 
science to or new ingredients um, backed by certain amounts of science to communication. So we're looking at different ways of marketing uh, ingredients and uh, and the platforms they may end up in. One major ingredient supplier told me that they'd had a complete shift uh, in strategy, moving a lot of their investment from um, the scientific side into marketing and sales of of the in their portfolio. And maybe this is a good thing. It shows a mature industry. Um, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, there was an idea that functional foods would um, completely explode because why would you um, buy a normal food when you could buy a normal food with an extra ingredient that did something for your health? That promise has failed. So now you're seeing a mature industry that's converting some of its interest and maybe being more responsible in terms of the naturalness of the ingredients it's using, sustainability of those ingredients, and being transparent about, about what it's doing. So I'm seeing a maturing industry. Maybe it's somewhat less exciting than in the years past, but um, perhaps it's a good thing. Annie Rose Harrison-Dunn, also of Nutri-Ingredients, what did you find interesting about the show? Well, I spoke with a researcher from Wageningen University about busting the myth of the so-called superfood proteins. Um, and we all know, obviously, that we do need to find new sources of protein. There's 9 billion people by 2050, apparently. Um, but this pressure we put on finding per this perfect novel source of protein, um, he was saying was... Uh, probably unattainable in terms of nutrition. There's no such thing as a perfect protein. And what is a perfect protein anyway, um, nutritionally? Um, but also in terms of sustainability, um, which is an, uh, another reason why we, we do need to find these new sources. Um, because is it really a good thing to be putting so much pressure on these new crops or these new sources? So you have things like canoa and ch chia, um, insects coming through, and algae also as kind of more extreme sources. Um, and he was saying this kind of reflects this four or five year loop of EU funding that comes through. So you get these new um, new sources coming through. Um, but um, what actually was needed um, was um, a more measured um, approach and a combination of different sources. Um, and we needed to, uh, he was saying, bust this myth of the perfect superfood protein. And finally, I'm Rachel Arthur from Beverage Daily, and I went to the show interested to see what role vegetable ingredients have, uh, particularly given the backlash against the sugar content of fruit juices. And it was interesting to speak to companies who were seeing vegetable ingredients used as a prominent selling point on beverages, but also those who were seeing vegetable ingredients used perhaps a bit more subtly in fruit juices, uh, perhaps not as a headline ingredient, but something that does boost nutritional content and give something extra to consumers. So that's all for now, but keep an eye on our sites for more insights and analysis from the show.